Hello, and welcome to Movies with Issues, a spinoff of the Comic Book Pit podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Jeremiah. And we are here to talk about comic book movies that are maybe aren't so great, not so super, but they're fun. They're still fun for the most part. I mean, I think there are some out there that are probably more of a slog, but... Uh, Oh, we'll get to them. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> so, uh, so every episode, we each, you know, we've we've taken a turn picking the movies. Uh, last episode, if you want to check it out, it's still on the feed. It's the, it was the our supersized inaugural episode where we talked about Spider-Man Three. That's a like I said, supersized two-parter because <laughs> because we had a lot to say. I still I could have gone on for like eight more hours uh, about Spider-Man three. <laughs> yeah, Just, I, there's so much. I feel like there, you know, like somewhere out there, it's, it's there's some like uh, midwestern like community college where it's like a college course or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but this this episode was my pick, and I went a little further back to 1998 and picked Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was uh, an excellent choice, by the way. I, I had never seen this in its entirety, and I'm so glad that I that you uh, made me do this. <laughs> I've I've never seen it. I, I feel like I maybe watched part of it, maybe like the, be- the beginning or some part of it, maybe when it first aired, because I think it was a... Yeah like a made for TV movie. It was, uh, that's actually how I remember seeing parts of this too. I was actually, um, I was homesick from school and, uh, and switched over. This was originally on the sci-fi channel. And typically during the day on the sci-fi channel, I would flip over and they'd have like an old Godzilla movie or, uh, some sort of like, um, Oh, the lady's secretly a snake, like uh, ridiculous <laughs> thing going on. And I always liked those. And um, instead, I turned it on and was like, oh, well, this is David Hasselhoff. That This means that this is for adults. I, I think I'm going to go watch cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> I was made aware of it in the early to mid-90s. Like I said, it came out in 98. So I'm guessing it was probably like maybe, we'll see. Whenever I was still actively reading Wizard Magazine, because, you know, Mm, if you yeah. were a wizard magazine reader back in the day, you know, they always did their, you know, their, uh, movie watch or like they would do like fantasy casting. Like, Oh, this is who we would cast. And if we made it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then they would occasionally like really give you movie news. And they broke the news that some company was making a Nick Fury agent of shield movie starring David Hasselhoff. This was still like the Hoff was still, like this was the mid '90s, so that was like the heyday of Baywatch. Top of his game, yeah. I mean, he was uh-huh. he was still he was awesome. I mean, he was you know running the he running the beach with the babes and saving lives and kicking butt and. Not only that, but I discovered that um, this is actually originally was supposed to be almost like a backdoor pilot. The yes. it was uh, the idea was that if this went really well, then they would just do like a whole series mm-hmm. of. Um, of David Hasselhoff just like punching people while wearing an eye patch, which honestly, like gold star for me. Like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, and uh, chewing 
chewing that cigar as much as he chewed the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> David Hasselhoff is an easy target to make fun of yeah. in, in all things and in, in all facets of life. But I have to say, I feel like he was for this movie, for this period of time, he was like the perfect embodiment of a silver age, Nick Fury. That was the thing I was trying to figure out actually, uh, while watching this was he looks so much like, uh, the drawings that they had for Nick Fury originally. And it's, uh, what do you think is, is more prevalent? Do you think that he looks so much like Nick Fury or do you think just every dude in comic books at some point was drawn to look like David Hasselhoff? <laughs> I think it's a lot of things. I mean, yeah. So, so he's, he, he was, Again, 1998, he was still in Baywatch shape. He had a square jaw. He was, let's just face it, David Hass, he he's a handsome guy. Handsome man. He's a handsome guy. Easy on the eyes. He's tall. He's built. Um, he can pull off the action. And, and you know, we say like, oh, he was chewing, the, you know, he, he chewed the scenery or he chewed the dialogue. Well, he commits. But, that's the thing that's so easy to make fun of about uh, for him is he's 100 percent like 120 percent in to whatever it is that he's doing like even if it's the most ridiculous stuff in the world well you know and not only that like the i i I think i I wrote down like it was towards like the end of the movie and i just i couldn't figure out something i was something was nagging at me like what what was their inspiration and and my, you know, your first, at least like my first reaction was, oh, the Nick Fury agent of agent of shield comics, Steranko, blah, blah, blah. Right. But I really actually, I feel more strongly that it was more inspired by the Lee and Kirby strange tales when, oh. when strange tales was a split comic and it used to be a two stories in one. It used to be agents of shield, like Nick Fury and agents of shield and Dr. Right, right. Strange. They were they shared a comic for a long time, and then it got to a certain point where they split off and they each got their own books. That's when Steranko came in. The Strange Tales had more of the like the the Steranko Shield book reflected more the Bond era of espionage. Mm, yeah. Whereas the Lee and Kirby Strange Tales Nick Fury and Shield was the was a little more sci-fi wacky i mean it was still espionage and spy stuff and spy craft but like in in this in this movie is where i feel like it reflected strange tales more where you've got like frozen people and like like crazy technology and gadgets and Oh, I, I love this one. This one's part where Fury uh, jumping ahead a little bit, but just to just to explain, like Fury and two agents are infiltrating a Hydra base, and they figure out that there's like this laser shield or laser. Oh ball, yeah! And one of the agents pulls out this spray, anti laser spray. Yeah, and like sprays a hole in the laser wall, and they then they run through it real quick, and then the laser, you know reforms and i'm like that's just great crazy kirby shit that's exactly like it it almost the movie itself in general almost kind of felt like a checklist for pulp 
like oh, everything, yeah. even from the very first, uh, like where they're like, oh, we need Nick Fury. And he's just like uh, in Alaska somewhere going like, I told you I'm retired. And like, <laughs> we, we got to pull you back in for one more. The Nazis are back. Yeah. Was there were so a lot, a lot of, a lot of tropes, a lot of cliches, but, but they worked. I mean, I, I really feel like this is a case where th- this to me really felt like the comics came to life. Like the, the comics yeah. translated or went directly from the page to the screen because and not only like the, the, the dialogue was very over the top, but even the way, like, I, I'm not a, I'm not a movie file in the way that like I noticed directors or shots or anything like that, but I noticed almost immediately. And it's, it runs rampant throughout this movie. The different, like every five minutes, there's a different like angled shot. Yeah. Where like the camera, it's almost like they turn the camera to a, a 45 degree angle. angle. Yeah. And then, and I'm like, that's a comic book panel, like doing that. The look of it, like yeah. very much was completely lifted. Like even the design for things, it was, it was yeah. crazy, crazy how much this just looked like a comic. Now I, I will say that I don't think that that works for, movies as well as it does for comics or at least oh no it, it gets old real fast yeah uh incredible hulk 2003 stay tuned uh but <laughs> that can be something that can wear but like in all the ways that it um that that was like a strength for what it was that we were watching like so much where even even like the the henchmen all looked exactly the same because mm-hmm. in the same way than those comics where it's like oh well how do we just get across the fact that it's a henchman oh it's the same like um, alabaster white uh, hitman video game character with round sunglasses like that way it's you know that it's him um, in in the same way like there was a hundred different little things where um, where weirdly it was almost kind of like uh so sticking to the comics that like you would almost kind of like go oh, what uh hang on a second and but there was not enough time to like really kind of let that sink in mm-hmm. because things were happening a mile a minute in this movie which was excellent like i loved how the pacing to it was bananas yeah yeah i yeah i agree it, yeah. It, i i i was keeping a like kind of a running tally of of all the great uh shield references like they 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 definitely just keep this within the world of shield there's no you know they're not uh they're not alluding to a larger marvel universe at all it's yeah, just you're not going to have like a shield. captain america shield in the background you're right. not going to have someone say hey there's someone uh running around stabbing people in canada it was yeah like to the point that um, we still had Dum Dum Dugan uh, in this, but like without a mustache. But like did, everything was. <laughs> I did make a note of that. I'm like, you know, if if, if you could, you know, if you don't want him to wear his hat, that's fine. You yeah. you should have gave him his mustache. He just at least he he he's not Dum Dum Dugan without a mustache. But I mean, but but this movie, and I I think I even I noted right from the from from the jump from the beginning they led off this movie with two huge references one to baron von strucker and another to like they mentioned hydra immediately so it looks like 
Oh yeah. You know what you're getting. You're getting Baron Von Strucker. You're getting Hydra. Even uh, that very first scene, um, the, the agent who is killed, who ends up being the, uh, the, well, essentially being the thing that they finally are able to use to convince Nick Fury to come out of retirement. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the person who dies is Clay Quartermain. Right, Clay Quartermain. Yeah, which is such like a really specific pull. Right. Well, but yeah. And 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 he had to, you know, we, we said uh, from the first episode that we were going to have a line of dialogue from each movie to kind of go out on. I just assumed it was going to be something that the Hoff said. But there's a there's a part where so in, in the very beginning, Hydra attacks uh, the shield base in order to retrieve the frozen body of Baron von Strucker. Clay Quartermain is the agent, I guess, uh, in charge, or he's he's the kind of fending off the Hydra agents that are just mowing him down with machine gun fire. But he manages to stand up with a pistol and he goes, "Let us rock." And let us roll. Yeah. <laughs> it's and that I was just, my favorite line in the whole thing because it's said so like he's standing in the middle of this hallway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's getting bowed. He's just taking bullets left and right, but he's <laughs> he's got one pistol and he and yeah, just that line of dialogue, and I'm like, this is beautiful. Let us rock and let us roll. Yeah. And then he immediately dies. Oh yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah, like you said, that was the impetus for S.H.I.E.L.D. to go after Nick in his uh, quote-unquote retirement. But, you know, according to him, he he made it sound like it was more of a like a forced retirement, as in the Cold War was over. I was of no use to anybody. I'm like they they needed a diplomat and I'm a bulldozer. Which actually, now that I think about it, I want to look up. um when Goldeneye came out, because that was a very oh, yeah, that would have uh, been like that, what that like ninety six maybe. Yeah, because that was uh like the big thing for um for James Bond at that time was like the the Cold War is over, like you're a dinosaur, but like damn it, you're still the best man to um you know to go out and pull the trigger when we need you to. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. So that was. 1995. Yeah. So that's, that's right in that wheelhouse. Yeah. Perfect time. So we, we have got, um, two agents. We've got the Contessa who is a, a, like a, like a senior agent and she's with junior agent Alexander Pierce, who I think is also a, a character. Oh, he is because he's the, he is who Robert Redford played in, in a uh, winter soldier. Yeah, it very much is, uh, which I thought was like an interesting thing. I didn't put that together until I actually read some, um, some IMDB trivia about this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and someone had just pointed that out, which is an interesting, it's, this is the kind of stuff that I really like whenever it comes to like adapting even like minor characters multiple times. I really love how much they can just, violently change. I mean, this mm-hmm. dude is just kind of like a weird, like wet noodle British sidekick. Cause like, Oh, am I, am I doing good enough? Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's totally comic relief. Yeah. He, he really lends almost nothing to this movie as far as 
he he never got his moment to shine, which I was a little disappointed. I thought eventually, because yeah. he he would boast that, oh, I I I was top in my class in this, and I trained extensively at the oh he called it the the Shield Kirby Academy, uh, which is a nice name drop. Yeah. Just throw that in there. But uh, he gets like one moment at the very end where he like karate chops someone in the back of the neck and goes like, yes. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and Fury goes like, yeah, good on you. And then we just move right past it. He's basically in this movie for Nick to like say mean things to. Yeah. Or for him to make like funny faces and to stutter and to be the, you know, it's, it's, it's the whole oil and water. He's the, the refined uh, next generation agent. And Nick is the, the gruff war horse. Right. Right. They, they fly to the Yukon where, Nick Fury is retired and living, working. I don't know. Like he's basically like be- punching walls he's, in a mine. He's <laughs> beating up an abandoned mine, and he's you know he's got a pickaxe and he's just chipping away at a wall. And the first time I watched it, I just kind of laughed. I'm like, okay, they're just making him be. You know, they're they're establishing him as the tough guy. Yeah, and then my second viewing I sat back and I'm like, that was a conscious decision on their part to have him. I mean, he could have been doing anything like they, you, you want to have him in the woods and the Yukon. He could have been in a cabin. He could have been outside of a cabin chopping wood. He could have. Yeah. I think that may have been too on the nose for them, but yeah, (laughs) you're absolutely correct. There are a hundred different manly things you could be doing out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. But they had him wrestling bears. Yeah, he could be out hunting. But they had him in an abandoned mind, in an abandoned mind, chipping it away at a perfectly good wall, from what I could tell. Yeah. With a pickaxe. I mean, I feel like an abandoned mind. It's not like he's going to find anything in it. Like it's not like he's prospecting because they've already dug all it up. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of dangerous to be chipping away at the wall of a mine. Maybe this will collapse in and I can finally be rid of this misery. <laughs> he was trying to commit slow suicide. Slow aside. Slow aside. <laughs> so yeah, so they, they find Nick and they're like, you know, after some some hijinks, they they say, uh, you know, Von Strucker's back. We need you. And and you know, I, I also I also forgot that I think I kinda had a crush on Lisa Rinna back in the nineties. I mean, who didn't? I mean, I was, uh, whenever I did see clips of this, uh, I was just, just to make you feel super old. This is in 1998. I'm eight years old and I'm still, and I was still watching sci-fi channel going like, Ooh, who is this? (laughs) She was like the quintessential, uh, nineties TV babe. Mm -hmm. And she's, I mean, she's still, I mean, obviously she's had work done, but she still looks good. Yeah, she's still doing a lot of things. She's still out there and doing like I, I think that she's still uh uh is is she still doing like soap operas? I'm pretty sure that I remembered her like mostly being on there, but I'm pretty sure she's still at least um may have gotten work, but she's getting work. Yeah, I think she just but, she, yeah. she does well um she had a recurring role. This was in the early two thousands in Veronica Mars. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And the last thing I saw her in, and this wasn't even that recent, but she had a, she guest starred on an episode of community. 
That's true. I love community. And I think that's the last thing I've seen her in. Yeah, I'm not really seeing anything after that. She was on Real Housewives for a while afterwards. So oh, okay. Like, but, that does sound familiar. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, so they, they, they're all able to get to the helicarrier, which, uh, surprisingly, it's model work, um, and it's, like, TV model work, but it's fun model work. Like, we're still doing it. I actually didn't think the helicarrier was that terrible looking. Yeah. I was really surprised when I first saw it. Now, clearly it, it looks like it's just a, an air, like a, like you said, like a model of an aircraft carrier, like literally an right. aircraft carrier that they put, that they attach stuff to the bottom of to make it, which arguably yeah. is just kind of what it is. But. Right. That's what it is anyways, but they didn't, um, they didn't work too hard on it. Just hard enough. Yeah. But, uh, um, checking off the uh the list of like genre of course this is what's happening uh whenever they get to the helicarrier we uh meet a telepath kate neville because uh it's the Mm -hmm. late 90s and we've got to have one of those well that was also that 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 was also a uh a callback to the early shield books because they had i think in strange tales they had an ESP division. Yeah, I, I have like a almost like a like a checklist of all the shield references that um, that came from the comics that I thought were pretty cool. Like I said, the ESP division. Yeah, I have Clay Quartermain. Um, oh, they they run into uh, like we said, Dum Dum Dugan, also Gabe Jones, Dugan, Gabe Jones, who was one of the Howling Commandos. Yeah. But um, the the guy who's like the new guy who's the, because of, of course we got to have like the um, the the brass uh, who Nick like bumps up against going like you know you got it you can't be like this you're oh. loose cannon <laughs> um, I'm uh, I look, just looked up his name and it's General Jack Pincer but I don't recognize that name and I'm not seeing it really come up on anything. So I think he was just like some like made up like jerk wad for this. Yeah. He, he served a, a the purpose and that, like you said, that was just to be a jerk. He was yeah. throughout the entire movie. He is the worst leader of shield ever. It's or just the worst person. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's hard to believe that he somehow became the director of shield later on in the movie, I was, I was kind of confused as far as what the pecking order of like, who was in charge? Because obviously that pincher pincer was the director. And then at one point, I think Dugan refers to himself as the deputy director. But then at one point during the, the, the mission at the end, it looks like Dugan defers to Gabe Jones for a decision. So I'm not sure if it was like that. Cause, cause Gabe was almost kind of being handled like the, uh, if we're to use another James Bond reference, like was kind of almost being handled like the Q yeah. in this movie. So I don't know if in that particular scene towards the end, um, if it was more of like a, well, if you've got a battle, a better uh, handle on this tech stuff than I do, mm-hmm. or um, what exactly was going on with that, because that was something that was uh, th- that I wasn't quite able to like track either. And I guess Fury, where he falls in the pecking order, is I guess he's 
like, uh, I guess he'd be like the senior field agent. Yeah. If you want to call him that, because they don't really, you know, he, he, he doesn't really come, come back and say, they don't really say, Oh, welcome back director or welcome back. They're just like, yeah. Welcome back. He's basically Nick. handled like a, like a James Bond, essentially again, yeah. like not really in charge in charge. He's, he's an agent of shield as opposed to being a director of shield. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The the movie's not called Nick Fury, Director of Shield. It's <laughs> Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. <laughs> that that'll be the uh, the the sequel. Like you know, the um, we'll we'll end up with like a uh, old man Logan, where the movie was just called Logan. It'll just be called Director, and it's just like him and his failing liver. Um, so it's, uh, the person who was in that first scene who went and got, uh, Baron Wolfgang von Strucker was, uh, his daughter, uh, codenamed Viper, which mm-hmm. was, um, I, I know that Viper is a character in the comics. Uh, she actually showed up in, um, actually one of the Wolverine movies, but, um, I don't think that she's supposed to be canonically, uh, Strucker's daughter and even then um the the woman who played his daughter seems like that she would have been at most in her early 30s which having Strucker be a uh, an old dude from who was like old with World War II was like running around and doing stuff mm-hmm. World War II running around and doing stuff <laughs> you know the war um it, I I was kind of curious as to like what kind of timeline or like implication was kind of happening here if it was like well we made them in a test too because she also has a a brother who kind of looks like a um like like someone who's doing like a really bad kurt cobain costume yeah or or like a brat like a bad brad pitt or something yeah like a like an early pit (laughs) like somebody saw um thelma and louise and was like what if it was that guy but like russian somehow I feel like they're supposed to be twins. I mean, it's not mentioned in the movie, but I think in the comics, I think the Von, I think they're referred to as the Von Strucker twins. I think so. I'll have to double check with that, but there was like some kind of like Lannister thing that was kind of going on that I couldn't quite figure out either. Yeah. There was something (laughs) at the very end too. the, the epilogue of the movie was also very creepy where, yeah, we we finally see Daddy Von Strucker, and he's like, he comes up behind his daughter, and they're they're kind of like dry humping, like they're. It, it's weird. There's like this whole that was part of kind of what I was trying to figure out where because I couldn't figure out if it was supposed to be well, she's definitely his daughter, and that's what's going on, or if it was almost kind of like a like you're taking it up yourself. Like you're so obsessed with this person that you're like, oh, I'm, I'm like his daughter. I am his daughter. I, uh, we're perfect for each other. It was so, so odd and confusing. I I feel like it was like a, just a villain thing like that, but it was like this weird, it was, how do we make sure that people really don't like these Nazi (laughs) villains? Yeah. it It was like, they, they took mustache twirling to a new level. Oh yeah, yeah. You know where they're like, Whoa, but it was just like they were almost French kissing. Yeah. <laughs> they were just really gross. Yeah. So well, uh, you know, 
ultimately like they, you know, they, they, they bring Nick in, they explain to him that there's a, a weapon that was developed during world war two is back. The uh, it's a, uh, it's a germ virus, uh, referred to as the death's head virus, mm-hmm. which, uh, was apparently frozen with him. So whether or not that means that like it was in his blood or if he was just like holding a packet of it. Yeah. It got I th- frozen. I, I think they said that it, yeah, somehow he absorbed it. Like it was in his body, which is why they had to break his, the, the like the cryogenic, like his cryogenically stored body. They had to break it out to, to get the virus out. And for that, they needed Arnim Zola, which was yeah. awesome. Not quite the Arnim Zola that we're used to. Yeah, I was kind of hoping uh, it would just be like a big TV. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, he's you know there. This is the you know little bit of a scaled back version of Arnim Zola. He's just a, like a really gross old man, you know, wearing an oxygen with, mask. Yeah, wearing an oxygen mask, and oh, but before we even get to that, uh, before they they get to uh, Arnim Zola, who they have to go to Berlin for to get him. We also get introduced to the life model decoys. Oh yes, uh, that was something that I was actually really excited to see in this because mm-hmm. uh, surprisingly, this hasn't shown up in the MCU, uh, and I think it's probably just because, like, I mean, uh, once you really start to introduce those, like, it's it's a bag of worms of just like it's a slippery slope. Yeah, you can very easily just be like, oh well, that all of Iron Man was just a life model decoy, or just say yeah. that for whatever like. They made one reference to it in Avengers when Tony picks up his phone and says, you know, you've reached the life model decoy of Tony Stark or something. Right. Um, and then there was they, actually, they, they played very heavily in like half a season of agents of shield. Yeah. But, uh, but other than that, we haven't really seen them much, but they're introduced in, in, in this movie, which was pretty cool. They were making one of Nick which was kind of interesting. I mean, were they anticipating like him not coming back and they're like, well, we need a Nick Fury. I, I don't know because I was also, we only really get him for like the, there's one part at the end where it's just kind of like, ha that was a robot. But <laughs> it's said at some point that like, well, we have to pack him. And I was curious as to like, how do you, how do you pack a robot man? Like, yeah. So, okay. So yeah, that was a question I had. So at the very, again, I feel like we're jumping all over the place, but there, I feel like there's <laughs> almost no way to, to talk about this movie without, without it, because so many things happen. Like you said, um, yeah, it's just a thousand things per minute. Yeah. So at, at the end and like one of the climatic fight scenes, Nick Fury shows up and he's fighting uh Viper and you find out it's actually an LMD. Where did the LMD come from? It, it came from, well, I can answer that with a fun little factoid about this movie. Um, did you get the chance to look up uh, who wrote this? Yeah. Da- uh, David Goyer, right? David Goyer. And, uh, and crazy. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> it's such a, David Goyer, of course, uh, is, is the writer behind like just about all like, half of conflict movies that like ever came out like a uh, dude did like the blade movies um the blade series uh the dark well he's responsible for um 
at least uh, having like the backbone backbone story for the Dark Knight movies, mm-hmm. but not really being the screenwriter of them, and like a hundred other things. But that's all really good. This dude is also, of course, uh, responsible for things like Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> And things of and Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, yikes! Uh, and the Unborn. So I'm going to say that it's that half of David S. Goyer who is like, and turns out it was a robot. Oh, oh, shouldn't we have like set that up? Ah, we showed it earlier in the scene. Like people know that it exists, so we can kind of just like do that. Yeah, it was just it was funny because it was Nick and. Pierce and the psychic girl were the ones that were infiltrating the base. They had flown to the base. They got shot down Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't think they had a fourth person with them. So it's like, I just want to like, did, did did they airdrop in the LMD and that it, it didn't occur to me until after the LMD was revealed. I was like, where'd he come from? So um, oh, and there's a whole subplot. Well, I guess this kind of ties in too. There's a whole subplot where when they go to Berlin to find Arnim Zola, Viper is there. She's, she's in disguise as a Interpol agent who's pretending to help them trying to get this all to straighten my head. Yeah. Um, they, they inadvertently, because they don't, because they don't know it's Viper, they basically lead her to Arnim Zola, who they need to retrieve the right. Death's Head virus. So, so they get Zola from the Shield safe house, and in the process, Viper kisses Fury and poisons him. At it, while still in disguise, uh, is like, hey, Fury, you want to? Um- join me in this other room and yeah uh of course is like you know hey uh my god like you know you're the ultimate man i gotta kiss you i gotta do it kisses him and uh somehow um this is going to just really show like how well i was able to i i consider myself to be a smart man <laughs> but there's so much going on in this movie that it was still 10 minutes after this scene i was watching this with my girlfriend and um, and uh, they said like, oh well, when Viper kissed you, uh, you got poisoned. And I was like, oh, well, that doesn't make any sense because you got kissed by that agent. <laughs> and and for some reason, I just thought that she was like a turncoat, and it didn't. Even though it was clearly explicitly said in the movie, um, I it still didn't click on my mind that that was just Viper in disguise even though it was very much obviously the same actress, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So, so that's what was going on uh, in my head, but yeah. So she, she kisses fury with a lipstick that's been, that's poisoned, but somehow it works because it's coded to her DNA, which meant that it would poison anybody but her. Mm -hmm. Uh, So on top of, well, we have to find her in order to stop the doomsday device. And, uh, and all of that great stuff. We also have to get a sample of her blood and DNA <laughs> in order to re uh, to, to like reverse engineer the poison. So all at once we're going after Nazis, a doomsday weapon, uh, 
trying to find the main um, base so that we can get Strucker. Also get her blood so we can undo the um, the poison. Mm-hmm. And it's just just so many. This movie is 90 minutes long. And there's like a good season's worth of TV material that's just happening all at once. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought, you know, they, they could have completely eliminated the poisoning subplot. And this still right. would have been a really easily a, a solid film it's uh, it's not that it, the movie really needed another ticking clock to be happening right. in there you're the the bomb going off is the ticking clock there's literally a ticking clock going on there's right. um it's i i almost kind of wonder if they didn't pick up the series because they're they thought either a well you've already done like a lot in this first movie so you know, I can't imagine that you guys would have more to come up with or be like the producers watch a movie and said, well, that's exhausting. And I don't think I want to watch like 20 more hours of that. <laughs> a couple of my, my favorite things came from that, the, the poisoning scene in Berlin. Again, total Kirby moments when Nick and the Contessa and Viper in disguise are running through the, the subway tunnel on their way to the safe house, they've run through a hologram wall. Oh yeah. Which is perfect. That was again, I said that's, that is so Kirby when Viper who's still in disguise kisses and poisons Nick. She, she, she leans back and she takes out this canister and sprays like this aerosol around her face and her disguise disappears. Like disappears. Yeah. That was, I must've looked away for like, two seconds and miss the spray. We had to go back and rewatch it be, and, and because it was such like a, a quick kind of like, ha ha, it was actually me. Well, back to the rest of the film. Yeah. But like, it's, it's great. The, as much as I love like the, uh, the vague fantasy realism of like the mission impossible movies and things like that. And like, um, born identity and mm-hmm. things of that nature. It was kind of refreshing to watch just pure unabashed, pure comic book chaos. Just yeah. pure. Like there's a spray that's going to undo lasers. There's a spray <laughs> that's going to undo. Uh, it's, it's almost to the level of like bat shark repellent. Was, it was so fun. <laughs> I was just about to say it harkens back to the Batman 66 show where they had a, a gadget for every situation. And that's what this reminded me of, but it wasn't like it was cheesy and it was bad shit, but it was also somehow it made sense. I'm like, I'm watching it and I'm like, this is right. Yes. Of like, course. This, that's what's happening like, in this universe. Yeah. This is completely, this all completely makes sense. You know, and, and speaking of, uh, you know, Nick being poisoned, I, I feel like he was, conveniently like affected by the poison when the story when I guess maybe when they had a lull yeah in the story because at one point oh that's right oh I'm not feeling so good but he when when uh when they decided to break up into two teams where fury and the psychic girl and pierce were gonna go to the hydra base and the contessa and her team were gonna go to uh, New York to try and find the death's head bomb Fury and his team are flying 
to the Hydra base, and he's flying. And I, I'm, I'm like, is the one-eyed one- poison guy the best <laughs> the pilot? Best pilot. Right now, he's sprinting um, through hallways and punching people. And then, like the moment that um, they're like, "Well, hey, don't forget, like we've only got um, so much time to." Because in in addition to the bomb, it's not just, "Hey, we're gonna blow up this bomb." There's a ransom element to it. It's like, you know, oh, you got to give oh, us a right. billion dollars, or else we're gonna set up the that. bomb. And then, yeah, because there's a hundred things happening, uh, <laughs> and they say, "Give us a billion dollars." Or else we're going to set off this bomb. And then, like, as soon as they hang up, um, they're like, well, aren't we going to set it off anyway? And she's like, yeah. Um, but, like, the moment that they would say, oh, um, like, we've only got so much time until this bomb goes off. Or we pay the ransom. And don't forget your poison. to go, oh, yeah, that's right. Ah! Like, <laughs> hang on. I'm about to ruin this podcast by trying to open up a can. Mm, there it is. Okay. Oh, oh! I, I almost forgot. We 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 passed up another really fun Kirby moment. The Shield Helicarrier is infiltrated by a Hydra, I guess LMD. Yeah, Fury. This scene oh, was he, excellent. He, he, I loved every bit of the the wackiness of this. Yeah, and so Nick shoots him. I think actually I don't know if he shoots it before or after, but but at one point the uh, the, the robot comes out of the elevator and it looks exactly like the the director of Shield that we don't like. Yes, and yeah, um, and and Nick starts shooting at him, uh, and it isn't until after he puts a couple of like bullets into it that it turns around and um and has this amazing uh thing where it just opens up his mouth and like projects a fully realized 3d hologram spinning hologram of the, uh, it was so awesome. Yeah. And it's just like the (laughs) Hydra leader, um, just being like, yeah, you're never going to beat us. Um, like give us a billion dollars. We're going to blow up Manhattan. And then it just like spontaneously combusts and falls into like like, pieces immediately. This message will self-destruct type. of. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course we end up with like one of those like little dialogue exchanges of the, uh, of the director going like, that's amazing. How did you know that that was the double and him going like, I didn't. And like puts the, <laughs> cause you got it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta get that little dig in, but no, that because was these fun. two hate each other. Like it was, Oh yeah. A villain with villainry with style. We're not just like, Oh, we're going to send in a, 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 double to kill people it's like i'm gonna send it a double just to like send you something that like a text message could have accomplished so jeremiah i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you it was shortly after that scene where i wrote in my notes god help me i like this movie (laughs) i really do i i mean it's like you said it's it's completely it's it's crazy and it owns its craziness and it's over the top and cheesy but there are so many scenes like that, the head um, hologram projecting scene where in my head, in my mind, I can picture it as a, as a page in a comic book. Oh yeah. Like there are so many scenes like that where, or, or so many uh, moments of dialogue where I can picture it as a word balloon or as a splash page or as, and it's just, Oh my God, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's, the perfect i really wish that um that i had actually watched this the first time that i came across it on tv just because i really think that this is the perfect uh 
sick day movie. It's like just so much like joy and ridiculousness happening at once. It's, it's fun. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a very like, I wouldn't say like that you can't really pay attention to it because like there's a thousand plot points that you kind of have to like keep, but uh, I I feel like you do have to pay attention to it, which is insane. mm -hmm. Well, it's compelling enough that you feel like that, uh, that it's a good thing too, as opposed to one of uh, David Goyer's other movies, Batman versus Superman, where you have to, (laughs) where there's so many plot points to it that you have to pay attention to in order for the movie to make sense, but you can't be bothered. Like it's so joyless that like you kind of just find yourself checking out even while you're trying to. You're like, wow, this is really depressing. Yeah. It's like, wow, Superman doesn't like being Superman, but he keeps being Superman. Okay. But uh, back to a much better movie, uh, Nick Fury, yes. Agent of Shield, nineteen ninety-eight. I, I was I was alternating between like this would have been a really fun movie to see um, Samuel L. Jackson being the lead in. Like it would have been fun to like if if they just as a joke said we're going to do the Nick Fury movie and did a shot for shot remake of this movie, but it was just Samuel L. Jackson instead of. Uh, Nick Fury, but I also realized by the time that the uh, the LMD opened its mouth and like shot like a hologram and then blew up, that um, there's no way that anyone would allow this movie to happen. It would be noted to death. Someone would point out, well, this movie's insane and there's too much happening. Like we we can't fund this. Yeah, well, and 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 I think this is the movie that only David Hasselhoff could yeah. be in. He's like, I can't man. picture what, what, what first in, in my notes, I almost wrote, I, 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 I not that I was going to compare David Hasselhoff to Samuel right. Jackson, but I felt like, like the notes I was trying to write was going to, was, could be interpreted that way. And that's when I, that's when I made the distinction when I said he's the perfect silver age mm-hmm. theory, because I think. I think Sam Jackson is a great modern Nick oh, Fury. Oh, of course. Because that's the Nick Fury that we know from the Ultimates series of comics. But as far as it Whereas, being like an adaptation of like the early comics, it's like the only thing that's missing is the uh is like the blue and white uh outfits and that's that's right. it. Right. Because S- Sam Jackson chews the dialogue but he chews it in a different way whereas he's like, no one's getting anything over on Samuel L. Jackson. He's too savvy. He's always thinking like 12 steps ahead. Whereas the David Hasselhoff and Nick Fury, I think he's still more of a soldier. Yeah. I think he's, he's more of a bull in a China shop. He's, he's a shoot first and ask questions later. It's like a bag of, of guy meat with a gun tied to it. <laughs> exactly. He's the right actor for this version of Nick Fury. You know, and, and 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 this version of Nick Fury, man, never see this again. Yeah. <laughs> you won't, you don't even see this in the in the, really in the comics anymore. Like Nick Fury really doesn't exist. No, in the comics, which is not sad. really. Um, we will like sometimes get um, like in in the modern stuff. Like we'll sometimes get stuff from Nick Fury only to have him like either represent like 
the man or big brother or for him to just show up mm-hmm. and be like, I'm still in charge. Damn it. And like, have some kind of like crazy, right. um, like shadow hand thing that's going on. But, um, as far as him being like his own character, I, I can't really, I can't honestly really imagine him being like the star of his own book, unless we were to do like a sixties throwback series or something. Which I would, I would actually recommend if, if, if anyone has any passing interest in reading the old Nick Fury stuff, it still holds oh, it's still up. Fun. I mean, you, you, yeah. You got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because it was, you know, in the sixties, you know, the, the, the Lee and Kirby stuff is a lot of fun. The, like the strange tales mm-hmm. reprints. And then when it goes into when, when Steranko does it, I mean, that's the straight up like bond action movie type of uh, Nick Fury. And it's, uh, it's just, I mean, that, that, that stuff is beautiful. Oh, yeah. The art, the, the absolute rampant craziness of like almost, I mean, it's, it's essentially, it's, it's a spy book that's being published by a superhero publisher. So yeah, <laughs> they're fun stories. Just really speaking of, uh, well, I've got a couple of fun stories. I got a couple more notes here that I thought were, were funny. Um, so there were a couple scenes with Lisa Rinna as the, the Contessa, you know, where they're trying to track down this bomb and they're driving through New York city. And at one point they, they pull into they, they're tracking what they think is a van that has the bomb in it. They pull into this, this alley, this derelict alley. And it's, it's like back in, like back then, if there was a derelict alley in a movie or TV show, there almost always had to be a barrel with a fire. Yeah. In it. Like there was always a fire going on in an, like a, an abandoned, like dangerous looking alley. That was a no brainer. It um, almost always looks like the exact same alley, just maybe shot from like one end of the street instead of the other. <laughs> That's right, and it's great because it's it it's an alley that can be used in a like a modern action oh, yeah. movie or like a post apocalyptic action movie or. That's the you know. same uh, alley that Kurt Russell tried to escape from New York in. That's the same one that uh, Peter Parker got changed in. Uh, that's the same alley that. Um, uh, the men in black. Yeah. But, like Charles Bronson oh, and God, Wish yeah. and <laughs> um, oh, there was another kind of, I thought a funny line where it, it took me a second to, to think about it and maybe I'm, I'm over thinking it or picking at it. The Contessa is communicating with uh, the helicarrier with uh, Dugan on the helicarrier. And uh, I think this is after they neutralize the the uh, Von Strucker the, the the male Von Strucker twin I forget his name but the Bobo Brad Pitt Von Strucker uh, Bobo um, Von Strucker <laughs> there you go Bobo Von Strucker uh, <laughs> where they 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 neutralize him because uh, and he has got control of the bomb and she says <laughs> these these code names I don't get head nurse to surgeon operation over patient sedated I don't feel like the Contessa knows how operations actually happen. No, I think uh, you're supposed to you're supposed to sedate the patient before the operation. They even um, while they're going back and forth and trying to speak in code, and it's clear that the um, that the mission is going out from like how they planned. You can almost hear the characters trying to like 
figure out how to word what they're trying to get across, like within the context of the, of like the weird code that they had come up with, like mm-hmm. negative, the, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they, their, their, their spy jargon or their, 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 uh, espionage lingo is not, you know, not, not, uh, not nailed down. The patient is awake. Should we administer <laughs> lunch? <laughs> The patient's insurance has been rejected. Uh, well, please maybe, advise. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we can count this towards tax. I. There's no. <laughs> it, it does honestly kind of seem like that because they're looking at each other trying to figure out what to do next. And I feel like fifty percent of that is like we need to come up with a plan, but then also figure out how to like put it in this dumb jargon that we established before they went out. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. oh and also at, at one point uh when when fury and his team have been captured you know, they're trying to break out of their you know wherever they're being held nick basically pulls a little bomb out of his eye socket uh this is a question that i was um having because okay so we've already established that we have um that we have life model decoys and at some point uh, Nick Fury switches himself out with a life model decoy. So was this bomb, uh, for, for those of you who might not have seen it yet, uh, he pulls this, uh, the bomb out of the empty eye socket that's behind his uh, um, eye patch, and it's, it's shaped like a, an eye. Uh, but at that point, if you remember when they showed the uh, life model decoy earlier in the movie, the life model decoy has both eyes. So I don't know if it's Nick Fury that had a, a bomb in his skull, or if at this point he's already been replaced with the life model. Oh, Oh yeah. Cause that's a good point. Cause at one point when they're first captured Viper, flips up his eye patch and you can see that his eye looks like it's sewn shut. Right. Or something like his, like you see his damaged eye under his eye patch and uh, now I'm going to have to watch this a third time. <laughs> Damn it. Because underneath his eye patch, uh, cause it's, uh, they get captured. Um, at this point, the team has split into one is trying to find the bomb that's uh, going through New York city because of course it is. And the other half, uh, which is uh, Nick Fury and his howling commandos. Uh, I'll just call them that um, are going <laughs> to get uh, Von Strucker underneath the eye patch. Whenever she flips it up uh, after they're frisking him is an electronic lock pick. So oh, right. uh, and they that's say, right. Haha, we got like this, but um, I still don't know if at that point, if it's supposed to be, Nick Fury or a life model decoy. Uh, either way, it could, of course, have the eye bomb in there. But uh, it's just, it's just a curious thought. You know, yeah, how I said that I'm not really like a, a movie yeah. file, and and that goes to the like, uh, and I was referencing like, oh, I don't really know directors or anything like that. I also don't really care much about like, oh, here's some deleted scenes and here's <laughs> this. I want to see the deleted scenes for this movie. I want more. I want like <laughs> I want to know what happens. Hours. I, 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 I think there's 
Yeah, I think there's stuff left on the cutting room floor that would explain some of it this It would have been funny to see a scene where uh, David Hasselhoff just has like a giant duffel bag that he's just pulling a giant plastic David Hasselhoff out of <laughs> and like trying to like screw it together. And... <laughs> it looks like a or like it looks like a mannequin and he's like clicking yeah. the arm on and stuff, you know. <laughs> Oh man, it's well. You know there. Um, so you know, I I wa- watched this on YouTube, which I'm assuming you did. Yeah, I did. Um, oh, uh, I so, don't know if you got. But there is the like there's a DVD out there. Like maybe there's more stuff on the DVD. I'd be curious to know. Um, if anything, I'd be curious to watch it with actual subtitles because just as uh just for fun, I usually like watching stuff with subtitles on it, just so I can catch like little mm-hmm. things. This doesn't have official subtitles on it. Instead, it's uh, YouTube's automatic algorithm trying to uh, read yeah. the audio, yeah, I don't... which is hilarious. If you get the chance to, <laughs> uh, when you go to watch this a third time, watch it with that on there because yep. it's just like it trying to catch up with like what Hydra Strucker and coming up with like weird alternate words for things. Now I've now I have two purposes to watch this movie again. <laughs> that is great. You know, uh, needless to say, um, the end is just kind of the end. There's not like really. They save the day. They they they've already stopped the the Bobo Van Strucker with the right. bomb. They managed to create some sort of antidote for Nick uh, to counteract the poison that. Andrea Van, uh, Viper or Andrea Van Strucker uh, gave him. She escapes with uh, Baron draws him out. Um, he's got some kind of hilarious. He's he's an older guy. The guy is playing Von Strucker, but he's got like some kind mm-hmm. of hilarious old man makeup that's on top of his regular skin that kind of looks like um, like yeah, old chicken skin it's like, or something. They're like throw on some more liver yeah, spots. It's like, ah, that's not good enough. I mean, this is an old Nazi. We got to really make him look bad. So it looks like he's got like gills yeah, in his we gotta cheeks. Really make him look decrepit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they they do their their villainous mustache twirl at the end, and then you know there's really not much of a resolution when they're when they're back on the helicarrier. There's nothing like. Oh, so Nick, are you going to stick around for a while? Or, oh, well, the, the Von Struckers are still out there. Now what? You know, like, yeah. there's really, like, the way it ends, it's just, it just ends with Nick and the Contessa, like, on the helicarrier, like, looking out over the sky. Yeah. Just kind of having, like, a little, and it just kind of like, ends. Well, I guess uh, this is just the rest of my like a life. moment. Yeah. There's really, I, I, I feel like they could have added in, like, a minute of dialogue to say just to give us an idea of where, like what the direction is now. Like, are they just going to drop him off back in the, his mine? I just, uh, <laughs> are they going to take him back to the so Yukon? Speaking of uh, Bubba Van Strucker. Uh, I was just looking it up because I was, it was driving me crazy. Not remembering his name. Um, technically the, the guy who's in the movie is Werner Von Strucker, but not Andrea's twin Andreas. So I I think that they oh. just went with Werner just to like try to separate it from Andrea Andreas but yeah yes uh, he was like a, a younger and, and, half brother or something like that And the dad is is it Wolfgang Um yeah Von Strucker Yeah it's Wolfgang Okay Okay 
So, yeah, so that's basically the, you know, the, like I said, the, the, the movie, I guess if, if I were to have a complaint, it would be that it just kind of ends with a whimper. Right. It just, you know, um, everybody, like the, the good guys win, the bad guys get away. Um, although I, I, I did laugh at the way um, the Von Struckers escaped. Like, like she was holding onto his cryo tube and they just like kind of fell down yeah, a shaft. Like there was like an elevator and, shaft that was like at the bottom of the ice luge. Yeah. But like, it was funny. Like he, it was almost simultaneous. Like they fell down this shaft and then Nick was right there looking down the shaft and he's like, ah, they're halfway to China by now. <laughs> it's like, well, they're two feet but away. Like, you could probably really? jump down there. And- you could have gone you got a whole army of shield agents. You could have sent down a dozen guys right after them. Um, they didn't have to go. They didn't have to be escaped. You could have, anyway, I just thought that was funny. Like he was just like, Oh, well they're practically on the moon by now. Yeah. I, I guess my, you know, my final thoughts were like, it's no secret. I said it pretty much five minutes into our conversation. I really liked this. <laughs> I honestly really enjoyed and, it. And I, 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 Really, and it's not even because I had low expectations, and it just surprised me. Like, I legitimately, there were so many parts of this I really enjoyed. It was just a joyful and, bit of like, just just pulpy. Like, no, nah, we'll just we'll just do the movie. We're not going to like try to make this make sense. We're not going to like have to like adapt this to death because oh the audience won't like it it's like no this is this is fine how it is so let's just do it yeah well you know i and i like that they didn't there wasn't a whole origin for anything it was just like they just dropped you right in the middle and they explained things as they went yeah they just you know they, they they told you what you needed to know as you went along it was it was really not bad i mean i I would recommend this. I mean, I feel like a majority of comic fans are going to get something out of this. Some may not. This is definitely not for like, like my parents really like the Marvel movies, the current ones. I would not show this to my parents. <laughs> yeah. They, they would not, they would not get it. They'd be like, what the hell is this? This is terrible. Yeah. This um, isn't, uh, where's Groot? Yeah. You know, this like, isn't necessarily, <laughs> actually, that's a really good point because uh, ultimately, I mean, this kind of, comes down to whether or not we would recommend this and i think i would i guess but with like an asterisk yeah. of like do you like things that are dumb and know that they're dumb that yeah that and i feel like you you'll get more out of it with knowledge of the silver age mm-hmm. nick fury that will help and I feel like not a, a lot of people are going to have that. Right. Right. I mean, I'm not even talking about like, I'm not even talking about like the, you know, Joe Plummer. I'm talking about like a majority of comic fans that were not raised on that or, you know, don't go back and read the collections or back issues or, or, or even just people who uh, know Nick Fury as being like, the, the suave secretive head like we've been getting in the modern adaptations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I, I feel like there are a few caveats to, to recommending this. I would, 
like I said, if you, I, I think if if you've got a, a, a firm knowledge of Nick Fury, then absolutely you should watch this. But also, you know, know what you're right. getting or know what you're walking into. It's still David Hasselhoff, and it, yeah, and it's still like late '90s production value. I think the effects were pretty decent. They were for being a TV movie um, that was uh, kind of made on the cheap and was made more of just like as a, uh, um, almost like a backdoor pilot for like a longer series. Uh, they they had like there's a lot of stuff in it that um, was surprisingly fun and like uh, held up like that could have very easily looked cheap. Like the life model decoy. Mm-hmm. Whenever we first show that, um, they're they're kind of showing like oh, yeah. putting it together. Um, you you just see like the torso. Yeah. You don't even see the whole thing, which is yeah. And, and you see them like pull like fixing it, like the the fake skin and the eyeballs. Right, and, and then we do like the thing where we um, kind of like uh, almost like green screen uh, David Hasselhoff standing beside himself, but like the robot is like clean shaven and has like pale makeup put on to him. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a fun effect, but uh, yeah, I, I was really surprising uh, surprised by how solid this was. Um, I probably would have, I think the only notes like I probably would have done would have just been uh, kind of like with what you were saying about, um, the the poisoning i feel like the poisoning may have been like a hat on a hat but uh mm. what i think that they could have done that would have been like maybe just like a little extra would have been let's say that from the moment that fury is like i don't care i'm going out into the field anyway even though i'm sick we could have just had it from like that moment on like it was a life model decoy and then we just kind of retroactively like Whenever he shows up, he's like, ha, it was me the whole time. Maybe now he looks like, mm-hmm. you know, sickly <laughs> and does like mm-hmm. the final blow while also like, I don't know, vomiting into like an airplane bag. Uh, <laughs> but um, but I, I really liked it. I probably I, th- I think I'm with you on this uh, on this again. I think I'm going to probably end up watching this again on like a day off here pretty soon. Um. That is, unless uh, I end up wasting time with my suggestion for the next one. Oh boy, I can't wait. Well, uh, for those of you who might know or might know, uh, we're recording this at the tail end of February, and March uh, is is a big, uh, just like a big thing for DC comic movie fans, or whether or not you like them. Um, you can't deny that it's a big event. Of course, we have the four-hour cut of uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League looming on the horizon. Um, mm-hmm. As as we've proven before, just with the concept of this show, we're gluttons for punishment. Uh, so I know I'm going to watch it, and I know that you were saying it, but... I think that it's only right that in the spirit of that, that I am picking League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. My reasoning being that it's still a league, and also um, the the other move is going to be four hours, and like I don't want to just like kind of oversaturate the market because I'm going to be listening to nothing but podcasts dissecting the crap out of that for like the next four months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm kind of um, <laughs> I'm dreading it, and I'm 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 just I can't wait for it. It's exactly the same. I mean, it's. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything that's coming out of it just looks, it makes makes no sense. Like I'm I'm excited to just like I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also really excited for League of, of Extraordinary Gentlemen because uh, my girlfriend actually really loves that movie, and I've uh, I I don't think I've actually ever seen it the whole way through. Somehow, I saw it. I saw it in the theater when it first came out. Um, although I don't think I paid for it. I think it was like a sneak preview or something, but I definitely saw it in the theater. So I got the full movie going experience. Gotcha. And what's your, uh, um, uh, immediate prevailing gut feeling whenever you think about it. The popcorn was good. <laughs> <laughs> From what I remember, I didn't hate it. I thought some stuff was good. I thought some stuff was just uh, a head scratching. So uh, yeah, I'm actually, um, you know what? I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. Weirdly, <laughs> because I've I've not seen it since it came. When when, when did it come out? Um. Oh God. Let me. I I have the uh, the master playlist up on here. I think I may have like accidentally closed it whenever I was trying to pull up my notes. Uh, da, 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 da. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, I, the thing that I remember the most about that movie is um, there's like the big cardboard marquee thing that they used to have in theaters. Uh, that they had for that, and then also I think that it was maybe um, some restaurant. I think it may have been uh, Taco Bell had a tie-in where they just like sold a bunch of cups. <laughs> Oh, I found uh, 2003. 2003, okay. All right, all right. 2003 is a is a fraught area of um of weird adaptations because that's also when the aforementioned mm-hmm. uh, Hulk movie came out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, hell of a summer. There are a lot of uh, you know the the main cast is is pretty impressive. Yeah. When you look at, I mean, it's not not a lot of like mega stars, but a lot of solid well, character this actors. This is, um, if I remember correctly, uh, the the main reason why Sean Connery is in this is because uh, he turned down. It may have been The Matrix, and uh, The Matrix in a different movie where he just he turned it down because he said he couldn't understand the script, and so. And those went on to be huge hits. And uh, he basically told his agent, okay, next time that like one of these big overbloated things happens, I can't understand. Um, let me know. And I'll just <laughs> sign up for it like immediately just because like I want the business. And so he like signed up for this like day one and well, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. I'm honestly yeah. excited. I am too. Now I'm, I'm really, uh, I did not see that one coming. 
but I can't now. I can't wait to watch it. Um, yes. Yeah, we can Perfect. get a league in while we okay. watch a league. That's right. Okay, well, I guess we can start to wrap this episode up. Um, do you have any uh, any final thoughts or anything you wanted to uh, plug or promote? Uh, nothing I can really think of to plug or promote, but uh, I do honestly really, um, I did honestly really enjoy this. Uh, I think that uh, I can think of a couple of different people I'm going to recommend this to, and uh, I'll probably watch it again. But other than that, if you want to, for some reason, follow me on any sort of social media, you can usually find me with just first name, last name, Jeremiah Ion. Uh, that's I-O-N. I know it sounds fake as hell, but um, yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> just weird, weird random note that I forgot to mention while we were going through this. Um, there's hardly any swearing in this movie. Which is odd. Like, as much as he says, like, you know, all these, like, like gruff whatever, um, I did I did a That's, count. He yeah. says damn three times, and uh, um, hell is mentioned, I think, twice, but they're always in the context of being like, I'll see you in hell, or whatever. No one's like, what the hell? Yeah, you know that's a good point. I th- they crafted the dialogue to get to say things to get around yeah. swearing or say things instead of swearing. Um, I just pulled it up on IMDb. It's rated TV fourteen. Mm, there we are. So that probably explains everything. <laughs> probably would have gotten a PG like a TV PG if it weren't for Hasselhoff. I think Hasselhoff bumps it off a notch just for pure machismo. <laughs> What do you have uh, to plug? Anything uh, exciting? Just the usual. I mean, you know, this show is a is a spinoff from the Comic Book Pit podcast. So if you want to listen to more comic book talk than, you know, we gave you here tonight, then you should check that out. And you can just go to comicbookpit.com or you can find it in the same feed as this show. Again, since this is the spinoff from the main show. Aside from the main feed, there's a Patreon that goes along with that show, and there's a lot of cool bonus content. So, uh, But you can find all that information um, at comicbookpit.com. That is all I have. All right. Well, uh, as always, I wanna, we both want to thank you very much for stopping into the cinema room with us to watch some absolute nonsense. <laughs> Uh, we love you very much. Take care and let us rock and let us roll. That's the one we're going with, right? That was a great line. Yes, absolutely. That that has to be it. That has to be it. <laughs>